Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast exists because of the paid subscribers at decodingtv.com. To sign up for ad-free episodes and early access to episodes, go to decodingtv.com and become a paid member. Thanks to everyone at DecodingTV.com who makes this show possible. Look, I know you're just trying to do your job, but I have a life-changing opportunity that's going to expire if I don't deliver this package in one minute and 17, 16, 15. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah, that's not my problem. Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Streaming, a Decoding TV podcast. I am David Chen. I'm Patrick Kloppick. Each week, This Week in Streaming will cover a show that's new and interesting in the world of streaming. We'll tell you if it's worth watching, and if it is, we'll review and spoil and discuss the entire season of the show. This week, we're going to be discussing the final five episodes of Twisted Metal Season 1 and talking about Season 1 of Twisted Metal as a whole. We're going to start off by sharing overall thoughts, dive into a brief recap of what happened in these episodes, and then talk about some specific topics uh, that came up during our watch of this show. You can find more episodes of the show at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com and find us on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at decodingtv. We often broadcast live on Decoding TV, so uh, on the YouTube channel, so be sure to follow us there. And I do want to say thanks to a couple folks who have written in uh, and shared their enjoyment of Decoding TV, in particular, the, particularly this week in streaming the episodes that I've been doing with Patrick Klepek. Uh, I'm really enjoying them as well, and uh, and we have uh, we have a lot of plans for for Patrick and my collaboration together here on Decoding TV. So, uh, hoping they will all come to pass. But we really appreciate the encouragement in the meantime. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is next week on this podcast, we're going to be covering the new Star Wars series. Ahsoka episodes one and two of which will be debuting on Disney Plus on August 23rd. Uh, So that is the topic for next week on Decoding TV, this week in streaming. Uh, It is highly unlikely we'll be covering that that show week by week. Um, But Tipping your hand already, David. (laughs) Well, I'm saying if we were covering it week by week, we would already be, I would Uh want another. uh But yeah, it's possible. I I guess you're right. It's possible. It could like... It could make the jump from we this week. We streaming. talked about the four worlds this could go into, <laughs> David, in the pre-show. And 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 sure, maybe one of them is not David watching eight of them, but it exists. It's in a small percentile that possibility <laughs> could open. It's you know, so for the, the, this week in streaming is such a young concept in decoding TV mm-hmm, world. It's mm-hmm. possible a show could make the leap from this week in streaming to being a weekly recap. Uh, hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will happen with Ahsoka. I don't know. I don't think so. But we'll see. We'll see. Okay. So anyway, uh, looking forward to talking about that with Patrick, the, the premiere two episodes. Uh, and you will hear more about what our coverage will be uh, on next week's episode of the show. So all that said, let's get into Twisted Metal and talk about our overall thoughts. Uh, Patrick Klepek, I think you enjoyed the first five episodes of Twisted Metal more than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was so enjoying talking about the show with you uh, that I was like, let's let's finish this thing. And uh, we both got to the end. So do you have any thoughts on the second half of the season versus the first half of the season? Uh, and yeah, just what your overall thoughts were on how this show ended. Uh, it does help that I think probably in terms of character work in which this show doesn't have uh, a ton i mean there's characters but in terms of like characters talking deep like emotions like characterization like the first episode in this second slate like is a lot of that and i think it's probably some of the strongest work in the in the show uh between john and, and quiet uh in terms of like the overall season you know like i enjoyed it uh I, you know i don't know like peacock's uh, biggest show to date <laughs> enjoy it like for whatever like streaming metrics that we have no transparency into i don't know what that means but i'm not i'm not shocked that the show has uh, resonated or proved entertaining to people because i think that's where i landed with it as well is like it's a show that when it was on 
I, I was I was enjoying myself. I was laughing. I I wasn't looking at my phone. It's not a show that like I felt the need afterwards. Like, hey, I mean, I'm going to talk to David about it, but I don't know if I'm going to talk to anyone else in my life about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is a secret I must take to my grave that I've seen this show. Well, that sometimes there are just a lot of the shows that I watch, especially these days. Like, I got two kids. I have limited free time. I have limited entertainment time. Like with my wife, especially like, Hey, when I'm going to watch a show, like it's something like I want to be invested in. And I used to be in a place in my life where I could have the space for shows that like just hit at a different wavelength. And like the reason I'm watching them is not because I feel the need to be caught up on like the latest prestige thing that like everyone's talking about. So I can like keep up with what's going on. And twisted metal, like falls into that kind of world. The show it's like, these characters are fun. This world is fine. And like, it's breezy and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's wasting my time. It doesn't feel like it's punching. I don't think it's even trying to punch above its weight frequently. Like it seems to know what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm, and it, like, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm here, I'm accomplishing my task. And oh, wow. 28 minutes have gone by. Like, <laughs> see ya. Like, um, and, and although I did watch, and, and, uh, you know, another 28 minutes have passed. I'm, I'm 28 minutes Closer to death. Closer to death. <laughs> well, I, you know, uh, look, and- <laughs> I'm, it's not like I don't know how differently, like, we're probably reacting on the spectrum of, like, what that means. But um, I, 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 enjoy, I enjoyed the show being just sort of, like, a pleasant, like, popcorn bubblegum show. Like, it benefited from the fact that although I have um, a nostalgia for Twisted Metal, I'm not precious about like it's world. Like I wasn't like, like, you know, we'll get to where it goes in terms of like what it's doing with the lore of, of twisted metal and the, the responding to even some of our framework observations about, about twisted metal. Um, yeah. Cause it seems yeah. like the show is not, not unaware of how people would necessarily talk about like the way they framed this particular season. Um, but I just, it was a breezy good time. And um, like, I like, one of the reasons I wanted to even do the show with you was I watch a very specific type of show. Um, like I watch like a lot of, I watch all the Marvel stuff, watch all the star Wars stuff. And then in between is like, what is the prestige stuff that I can fit in with my time and complain about the fact that they're like an hour and 10 minutes long every time I watch an episode. And maybe some of this is like, this is like a rare show I didn't watch uh, with my wife. Like, I watched it on my own, and it would, like, fit, a, it just, like, hit a different mark. It's a different kind of show that I don't really usually watch, and I found that to be, like, really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 but can understand why that, that may, it may not be for everyone. What I'm getting is Twisted Metal is Patrick Klepek's filthy little secret that he doesn't want to tell anyone in his life about. Well, look, no, that's like me ordering (laughs) 4Ks of alligator on uh, uh, and being like, no, what I need is like this like weird creature feature from the 70s in like the highest possible format on my television. This like, but it's, you're not wrong. It it exists within (laughs) it, within that sort of realm, which is just sort of like, ah, this one's for me. And like, am I going to remember this show? Am I going to have to listen to these podcasts to remember what happened in Twisted Metal when season two <laughs> comes out? You know, probably. Because um, it's not one that really, it's not a show that sticks. But I uh-huh. I do wish um, it would have been the kind of show that I think maybe would have benefit of watching with a group. Um, um, like, it would is a show that, like, I probably would have enjoyed, like, having a couple of drinks with instead of just like fitting it in, like in my lunch times in between yeah. work and stuff like that. Like it is but the, pro- the problem. Of- the problem is you don't want to tell anyone that you watch the show. So like that's, <laughs> that prevents you from, that prevents you from doing that. Uh, all right. I want to, I want to talk about a couple of things Patrick mentioned. First of all, uh, it came out. This is, I'm reading from deadline. Uh, Twisted metal sets audience record for peacock comedies earns spot among streamers, top original series. Okay. So this is, this is what the deadline write up says. In the two weeks since Twisted Metal launched, it has become the streamer's most binged comedy premiere to date, in quotes. According to NBC Universal, the average account watched about three episodes per sitting, with some opting to knock out all ten in a single viewing window, end quote. Uh, now, of course, they don't say how many people what it is. What does those numbers <laughs> mean? Like, like, that's just gibberish. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe them. 
then according mm-hmm. to those metrics, that could be true. But it's like, if your streaming service exists in the basement and you've made it up two steps, like, <laughs> are we really calling this a success? Nielsen data says that there were 400 million minutes of Twisted Metal watched uh, in the weekend following its July 27th premiere. Now, here's the thing, Patrick Klepek, that's so bizarre about the modern world we live in is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Netflix will spend $200 million on a show like, or on a film like The Gray Man. And it will be the number one show in 55 countries mm-hmm. for like weeks. And literally, I have never heard anyone talk about that movie. <laughs> And I host the film podcast, you know, uh-huh. like uh, literally it's like 400 million minutes of Twisted Metal were watched. You are the only person I know that's watching the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's the world we live in. OK, the other thing is that Patrick Klepek, I think it is safe to say that you and I are the biggest Twisted Metal fans we know. <laughs> That's probably that's probably well, well, true. That's probably for true. me. I mean, definitely for me. You know a lot more video game people, so like you probably know. You know, uh, but I was like talking about Twisted Metal these days. I mean, well, that's probably I was going to say is pretty is pretty dormant. That's so. right. The, the franchise is pretty dormant. Okay, so all that said, despite the fact that I am the biggest Twisted Metal fan, I know. Yeah, I do think we did not serve our listeners well last week when we talked about um, the first five episodes of Twisted Metal, and we downplayed how much lore. The show actually does bring out uh, someone named Al wrote into decoding TV at gmail.com saying, quote, I don't understand why they uh, he's talking about us. <laughs> I don't understand why you guys <laughs> think this show doesn't use the game more. <laughs> Literally every show in the game is based on a game char- uh, in the show is based on a game character. Quiet seems to be unnamed for uh, on purpose for a future reveal. Seems like she's based on Shadow on a revenge mission. She even drives the hearse in the first episode. John Doe is an amnesiac and lost his family, just like his character in the game. We have Mike and Stu that drove the big wheel stunt car. Nev Campbell is Raven. A handful of law enforcement officers drove the outlaw vehicle. Uh, Agent Stone and Agent Shepard. And the sibling cops, Jamie and Carl Roberts. Granny dead, flower power twister. Like more than half of the main characters of the series appear in the first five episodes that the podcast covered. I think you may be confused because the cars were the characters in the so this game. Is, this is my sticking point with this. Yeah. And continue. And you may not recognize the names of the drivers, which change with each game as the drivers get killed. Right. Um, um, and I think you'll see many more of the missing game elements appear before the series ends, end quote. So thanks for that email, decodingtv at gmail.com. It is true. We missed out on a bunch of those references. I have since gone back and like re-educated myself on Twisted Metal lore. <laughs> Um, but yes, which, not, which we all Patrick... must do every year. We gather around the table, uh, we say our thanks, and we yes. read the Twisted Metal Wikipedia entry yes, and re-understand yes. the characters. So I, I, I think that's my yeah. point. There is, I, I totally acknowledge that that stuff yes. whoosh, yes. whizzed by me. But they I think have particularly like important... the fact that neither of us remember John Doe. That was a bad one, like because John Doe was a he. I, he wasn't like a huge character in the games, but he was a character in the games, right? And, he, and, I, and he's the main character of the show. So and I, and I guess, but, but my point would be is like the, I think what they point out in that email, like, still loops back around to like when I think about Twisted Metal. Yeah. In my head, what do I think about? I think about the vehicles because the vehicles are the characters, and yes, yeah. there are drivers who have backstories and motivations, but. When I think about Sweet Tooth, like I mean, Sweet Tooth is kind of maybe an exception. Yeah, to, he's to an exception because his his backstory is very vivid, right? But yes, but but broadly speaking, like when we compare it to Mortal Kombat or fighting games, it's because who's driving it? And those are just the cutscenes at the end of the game. And I want to see it, but like when I'm thinking about the characters, it's the vehicles, and I do think that's one thing this show did not necessarily. It, it chose to understandably because it's a television show where people have to talk a lot as opposed to just 20 minute arena vehicular combat sections like they're doing at every stage of a twisted metal video game but it really like centers the drivers as opposed to the vehicles um and some of that's budget reasons but um like the the vehicles felt like full-throated characters because they had to be because it's what you were looking at on screen in the game yeah and that's not the centerpiece of this show and so uh, I acknowledge missing that the drivers are like are, are are seem rooted in the the tapestry of Twisted Metal's history, but I also maintain that I'm can be disappointed that the carrot like the actual the, what I consider the characters to be the vehicles really were not like centerpieced in this in the same way. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's fair, uh, and I think our bigger issues were around uh, how 
the show is not a tournament. Uh, and the game is, you know, and so we'll talk about that, obviously, uh, in the recap up ahead. Uh, but uh, that was what more of the comments were about, around was like about the structure of the game versus the structure of the show. Mm-hmm. That said, yes, thank you to Al for keeping us honest. Um, and there are like a ton of references in the first five episodes, in the latter five episodes uh, to the game. We'll point some of them out. Um, but. Yeah, I wanted to acknowledge that. Some some quick thoughts from me about the final five episodes of the show in season one. And that is, I am completely baffled by the whole show, just in general. <laughs> like, I, I found the whole thing to be really puzzling. Uh, and, and I can't really talk about it without getting into spoilers. But, like, I, I think they... I'll just say the storytelling decisions they took and where they chose to focus their time. I don't know that it made sense to me, but maybe, maybe I leave open the possibility that in season two, I'll, I'll watch season two. And it'll be like, Oh, like that's why all that stuff was necessary from season. One. You know, like maybe, maybe, um, <laughs> supreme confidence in that. Maybe I could just feel it. Just, 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 just reverberating. <laughs> Totally, totally the show remains the same. You know, like it didn't change dramatically in the end of season two. I'm sorry, the last part of season one. And I have to say, I was pretty disappointed by the finale. Like what what it sets up for the finale is like sets my set my expectations pretty high. And especially given what the show had accomplished prior to that point. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty disappointed by how it all played out. So uh, I really enjoy our conversations about it, and therefore it was worth watching it. But can't say can't say I love the show or uh, or would recommend it to people. So those are some of my overall thoughts on Twisted Metal uh, episodes uh, six through ten. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, let's get into our recap of the show. Uh, so episode six through ten, the second half of Twisted Metal. This is going to be spoilery. Here we go. Full spoilers. Second half kicks off with Quiet and John Doe waiting out a storm in a fast food restaurant where in between sex sessions in a ball pit, Quiet reveals her past as a slave in a community where she and her brother were promised a new life with a quaint beachfront property if they endured four years of abuse and torture. <laughs> classic just setup any, just, just, just capitalism a, you know just, we're all here i just have to say that like patrick wrote this that is an incredible sentence i just have to say <laughs> that 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 you know they talk about the beauty of the uh english language monkeys mm-hmm. typing on typewriters forever mm-hmm. that is not a sequence of words that has ever been put together in that way before <laughs> okay so bravo bravo patrick okay um it was a lie uh, the, the promise of a beachfront property for in return for four years of slavery was a lie. And eventually the two of them violently escape, setting them on a, the journey that eventually has them crossing paths with Officer Stone. Elsewhere, Sweet Tooth continues his rampage against Stone's outpost, including visiting a prison where Sweet Tooth's parents' remains are rotting, revealing his own past as an exploited child actor on a sitcom who snapped and killed a dog on set after his parents pushed him over the edge. Yeah, those are words. I wrote yep. them. Incredible, incredible. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of the a lot of the back half of the season deals with backstories, right? Like yeah. we get Sweet Tooth's backstory, we get Quiet and John Doe's backstory. I'm oh, sorry, we get Quiet's backstory with her brother. Like, wh- did these backstories work for you? Because 
I, I guess Sweet Tooth was appropriately zany, but I felt like Quiet and her her brother's backstory. It, it, like uh, to to its credit, I was very confused as to why she was called Quiet, and this does provide an explanation, which is that uh, her master was very. Uh, you know, really badly mistreated her. So she didn't want to talk anymore. And, and that's why the name quiet, you know, people can decide for themselves how, how well that works for them. Uh, but yeah, the tone has been irreverent, uh, gross, mm-hmm. uh, lighthearted, dark, you know, it's kind of mixing all these various tones. How did you feel these backstories fit into that, Patrick? I mean, like on its, on its face, like the quiet's backstory works and like helps inform yeah. the character from the first half of the season. I don't know that the show's like zany tone like fits as well for like 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 yeah. for what's what's like pitched as this backstory is like I like I don't know like it just the tone did like the story like the story explained to me like as I wrote it I was like yeah that all adds up. But I remember in watching the episode I the actual depictions of that backstory worked less than quiet in the modern day reflecting on them with, yeah, um, I th- I think that's right. with Joe, with John Doe. Uh, you know, because quiet's backstory is incredibly dark, right? It's yeah. just really upsetting. Um, but I think the show is trying to have fun with that kind of thing. You know, like as an example, the person who runs that restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. He's this kind of dweeb, but basically he's this kind of person who you would think, oh, that that person is going to be the first to go during the zombie apocalypse. If, <laughs> if you like worked with if you worked with him, you'd be like, oh, in a zombie apocalypse, he would be first to die. Um, but he ha- he's wearing a necklace of ears around him. Uh, and, and that's the thing is like, as I'm watching the show. The the sense I get is the people of the show are are saying constantly, "Huh? Like, isn't this shocking? Like, yeah. wow! Like, aren't you shocked yet? Ooh! Like, am I too edgy for you? You know?" And it's like having a guy wearing a necklace of ears while wearing like a fast food sort of outfit is kind of encapsulates that whole idea. And I, I can't say it really works for me. You know, if Immortan Joe from Mad Max Fury Road was wearing a necklace of ears. That would make more sense to me, but like, <laughs> but like in this show, it just is like, oh, like I see too much what they're trying to do versus it actually accomplishing what they're trying to do. That, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I you know, I, I think they could have. It would have been less uh, zany and exaggerated. But like, if it was just, hey, they were promised if they worked for four years in this community and you'd get a property, and then it's a lie. Of course, they'd want to escape. Like they. There was like they were such a desire to fill the past with trauma and unfortunately like like the way they explain like John Doe's trauma worked for me better than the way they explain Quiet Storm like how these characters arrive at how they're broken like why they treat each other the way they do mm-hmm. um like worked more for me with John than it did for Quiet even though I I see how we get there and I understand what you're saying and again that's why it's like on paper it sort of works for me but in how it's shot and in tone, uh, it was more like frequently act in weirdly enough, as much as I was excited or at least interested to see that backstory, mostly I just wanted to go back to the ball pit um, because it just seemed like the most effective work was happening between those two characters when they're just sitting and talking to one another. I think like the strongest, like sort of like, a- like acting in a show that isn't, isn't like heavily reliant uh, on that. Like it's mostly like, like the violent shticks and, 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 and whatnot. Um, like when those two are like in a car or just sitting with one another, like it's the strongest character work that's happening in the show. And yeah, like, I, I don't so, think it's yeah. a surprise, like the movie theater scene, the ball pit scene yeah, when yeah. the two of them are like, you know, later talking in Evelyn about John's relationship with Evelyn. Like that's all the stuff that works the best in the show and helps. It's like, it's not over overly dour. It's like hitting a certain melodrama that works within the tone yeah. of the show. And I think when it leans too far into what you're talking about, it's like, we'll either go full horror and like make the audience upset, but that's not what the show wants to like. The show doesn't, it yeah. wants to like have someone's head blow up and you go, ha ha. And that's just <laughs> not what that setting is. That setting is like, this is messed up. I, I don't really understand what's funny about this. And that's the part that does didn't really connect with me. 
I will say, uh, speaking of horror, there's a part when she's walking around the restaurant and she sees lots of people are missing their fingers and appendages. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty upsetting yeah. to me, you know? Uh, so that, that was like pretty full horror to me. But one thing I do appreciate about that whole sequence is this idea that there's a bunch of uh, rich people in this society uh, living their lives completely oblivious to the devastation and deterioration going on around them. That does feel like a very appropriate commentary for our days, which is yeah. uh, there's a lot of people in our upper class that are watching the world burn. And it's OK because they're getting their fast food and French fries. You know? well, just, but it seems like the depiction of New San Francisco feels like a better space for that, like than this. And, mm. and weirdly enough, all the times we're in New San Francisco, I feel we get none like we get none of that we get no i mean maybe because yeah. they're, they're closed off so they're not even thinking about the outside world whereas yeah. this community is actually interacting with the outside world um and, and delivering false promises but um like i thought there was like a richer uh kind of vein to tap in terms of how they would have depicted that through new san francisco and they sort of just choose you know not to engage with it let's continue on uh, as quiet and Joe encounter the mysterious Calypso and pick up Raven's package. We're also given another glimpse into John's past and learn Evelyn's origin story, uh, which happened through an accidental encounter. Evelyn ends up destroyed in a shootout with the long teased holy men during which quiet attempts to convince John to leave Evelyn behind. He refuses and the shootout ends with quiet believing John is dead. Of course, John isn't dead and she only forgives him after he explains how Evelyn helped him to cope. As this happens, the convoy they're in is attacked by Officer Stone, who is then attacked by Sweet Tooth, setting up the season finale of Twisted Metal, which starts with a vehicular combat sequence between the convoy, Stone's personal army, and Quiet and John. Let's pause here for one moment. You, you know, Patrick Klepek, you had talked about how, ooh, the Holy Man, that's going to be interesting. And look, <sighs> I'm a big fan of Jason Manzukis, and I thought he did yep. awesome in the show. He was very yep. fun. Uh, and the idea of Jason Manzukis playing a priest character who wants to have sex with a car. Like that's, that's a great <laughs> setup and execution of that. idea. Very, very few actors can, can pull that off. And, yes. uh, and, and he is one of them. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I think you, you were hoping that we would get, <laughs> I, you know, you were hoping that the Holy men would be kind of a nod to some of the more supernatural elements of the show. And instead, it literally looks like a guy's backyard party, basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what yeah. the whole event. Like, I don't know what they had envisioned, but the execution is it's a bunch of biker dudes gathering and having a little SM alcohol party, basically. Like, Which is fine. Full respect. You know what? Live your life. Like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to. No, no kink shaming. No kink shaming <laughs> no, here. But, but it felt a little bit underwhelming given what you thought it could be, right? Yeah. And especially kind of given the, the long tease, like, hey, like, I know that, you know, uh, who knows what Calypso is and who knows what. Um, you know, this mayor in New San Francisco is up to, but like the holy men were being sort of like, there were breadcrumbs along the way that like, Hey, this is going to be, uh, from my mind, like one of the major like foes as like the, the show heads to its, its climax. And it was just fine. Like I would have like, I'd watch, <laughs> I'd, I'd watch, I'd watch this comedian do whatever he wants. It's like, it's fine. He's yeah. here. He's just doing what he wants. And every time he's on screen in anything I watch, I am delighted. He is just, he is just one of those that doesn't have like a ton of range, but like just put in the right scenario, just doing what he does is always funny if he's got the right material. Um, and so that put a smile on my face, but I, I don't know that like the execution of trying to set up like John and quiet and also deliver on the promise of, or the tease of the holy men, like it, that part didn't quite live up to what I was hoping after it being something that was kind of a tease for the whole season. I believe Jason is a, a, a former listener of the show, by the way, just after no. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, big, big fan of him. And I agree, uh, you know, the way you described it in the first podcast we recorded, Patrick was like, Ooh, intri yeah, you're right. Patrick holy man, that could be a really intriguing, you know, intriguing. And then the final vision of them is like, Oh, okay. This is a little bit underwhelming, unfortunately. So uh, anyway, Sweet Tooth is gunned down, but not killed by his old pal Stu. You said, but not killed. Patrick, how do you know he's not killed? I, we don't, you gotta see a body, man. Like, that's a, that's a running theme for this, we, this finale. <laughs> we see the mask being torn off. Yes. And, uh, well, okay. I, I think you're probably right that he's not. Let me put it this way. I think you're probably right that we're going to see Sweet Tooth again if this series continues. I don't know that that means he wasn't killed, though. 
just gonna oh, put that okay. out there. Look, hey, you want to you, you want to get a little weird, twisted metal? Like yeah. uh, that's what I'm gonna. I mean, <laughs> it's not supernatural, so to speak. But when he does light his <laughs> his head on fire, well, yeah, that part I, was pretty good. I really want to talk. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, Stone eventually corners Quiet. Uh, his long meandering attempt to kill her is interrupted by John gruesomely attacking him, prompting Quiet to give an offer similar to the one she and her brother got. Die slowly by killing himself with a gun or wait for the wounds to take him out. As Quiet and John drive away, we hear a gunshot but don't see the body. <laughs> wow, Patrick, you really, really focus on those bodies. I'm just saying, you don't you're, think he's going to come back with some gruesome makeup and like be in season two? Like, I, I like, think you're right. Thomas he's Hayden like, Church, you, you cast Thomas Hayden Church for a reason. That like he wants to come back, he I think it's like leaving their options open. Like I agree, would not, I, I would agree, I would agree. And would in not general, be shocked if you didn't. I like if there's a season two, and it sounds like if they're putting out those press releases, like they're gonna want a season two for their, I mean, most watched original comedy. Um, then, <laughs> then most binge, the, most binge, most binge. Always, I'm sorry, please, I, please. the language of the streamers. Um, yes, uh, I think they're leaving their options open from a storytelling perspective, where it's like he could or couldn't come back, but that's that's why you see the body. I need to see the head exploded, like otherwise. I, I, you know, I completely, I, for the record, I completely agree with you. I think that's in general that is correct in TV shows. If you don't see the body, they're not dead, and sometimes even if you do see the body, they're not dead. You know? Yeah. Uh, okay. As Quiet and John drive away, yeah, blah blah blah. Okay, so the two finish the trip to New San Francisco. At which point, a lot happens. Quiet isn't allowed into the city as part of Raven's deal with John. At which point, Quiet shoots John and forces him into the city. John attempts to make peace with a new life, but ultimately doesn't find the right fit. The package Raven wanted was a quart of ice cream that she didn't even like the taste of. Raven reveals that John lived in old San Francisco and teases an opportunity to learn more about his forgotten past, and that the whole reason John was recruited for the job in the first place was to see if he was worthy of being Raven's avatar at a tournament being held by Calypso, who's promising, just like in the video game, to grant your heart's one desire. The season ends with a tease of the eventual tournament, including several glances at potential new characters like fan favorite Axel from Twisted Metal 2. In the final scene, we see quiet hijacking milkman deliveries and handing them out to the starving populations outside the walled cities before she encounters a masked woman who is claiming to be John's sister. By the way, that that woman is Dollface from the video game Twisted Metal. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool design for that character. Mm-hmm. And also, I believe in the video game was not John Doe's sister. So this is a new thing that they're adding. And it makes sense that they're probably going to try and uh, come up with some additional relationships between, between characters to try and add to some of the drama. And, and, and David, they did it. Like, regardless of how I feel about the show at the end, even if I enjoyed it, I think I mentioned this in the beginning was like, wow, you know, which character I really like Axel, a guy (laughs) with two wheels strapped his fucking arms and if you are telling me they are going to put that in live action is it going to look good i don't know that i have the confidence of that do i want to see them try david i want to be alive long enough to see axel the man with two wheels strapped to his arms put to live action and i will watch that you won't you are not going to watch twisted metal season two i don't think but i'm i'm going to so i can see axel if decoding TV is still around at that point, if we're still doing podcasts, you know, I would I would definitely at least dip into the first couple episodes. Of okay, so. all right, thank you, and I'm sure Axel will be early on. But uh, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit more of like what we were, you know, kind of hoping for. It was like, hey, yeah. like that, like this show kind of has to be a success so you can get like a slightly bigger budget so you can pull off a little more of the like esoteric, spectacular like character design. Like, there's nothing in this show's first season that suggests to me like. How would they even depict Axel? <laughs> like, I yeah, just don't yeah. even know how you're going to pull that off. So the finale. Yeah. You love it. I will it say all I, made sense. A to Z. Like I get it. Know how it I was very underwhelmed by the finale. <laughs> I, Cause when they start doing the car battles, I was like, heck yeah, this is the thing we came here to see. Yep. And the car battle is fine. You know, yeah. there's a couple shots that look really terrible, but there's some stuff that looks great. Most of the car stuff until this point has been very strong. So I was expecting like, oh, this is where they put all the budget and time. Uh, and it was, it was exteriors, just... right? Like uh, like the like the mall scene in the beginning yeah. is an interior. And I think you can cut corners a little bit in terms of like your digital effects when you're working with an interior location. And I think you started to see a lot of like, I think you mentioned like specifically a scene where they approached like 
the uh well all that uh, stuff with the missile you know yeah and, like that looked very goofy and it did it uh, did and and then the scene is over and i, yeah. I was watching it and there's still half an hour left <laughs> to the episode i'm like what like what i thought this was gonna be the final episode right so right. i thought i I've, unfortunately i thought the car thing was very disappointing yeah um but i have uh, that's the least of the things i was baffled by in the finale episode so you find the, you know the big reveal again being super edgy is nev you find out the whole package this whole time was ice cream that nev campbell didn't even like that much Ugh. Just a, a complete groan. Like even for me, I, look, you, I, you you can see me actively like giving this show rope. I was like, go longer. Like it's fine. Like keep going. Like Dave ran away a while ago, but like you can take some more rope from me. And even that for me was just like the the, the reaction it wasn't even funny. It wasn't the, it was, the reaction they want to provoke in yes. the audience is like. Ha-ha, like we tricked you. You thought it was important, but it wasn't. You know, like we tricked you, and I am annoyed. <laughs> but that, that that kind of thing annoys me. I'm not. I'm not like. Oh, you got. I'm not like. You got me. Show. You yeah. got me. You know. I'm just like. Okay, you've wasted both of our time. What's gonna be a good got you, right? Like the got you. Like the thing about a got you is that you only notice it when it doesn't work, right? Like the got you can come 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 on through, but here. It just doesn't. It falls completely. Yeah, I, flat. I mean, I mean, look. Is there? On the one hand, Patrick, I do admire the the troll, like the the level of trolling. You know, <laughs> the because entire it's like point of this the season entire season, is <laughs> like eight to nine episodes worth of content uh-huh. is like for not for no important reason, really. Like the the MacGuffin was nothing. It's like it's. You know, interpreted really charitably, it's making fun of the idea of MacGuffins, right? Like that's what that's what I it think is, that's right? charitable. I do think yeah, that's it's charitable. Like, it's like, oh, isn't it? Isn't it so wild when the character needs to go fetch something for a whole season? That's so weird. So we're gonna make fun of it by making it something that no one even wanted. Um, which is like, okay, I, I admire the length to which you went to troll me on that, but also you could have had it be an actual important thing. You know, that's the it's the opportunity cost is you could have had it be an actual thing of significance. Right. Um, Now. uh, I I was actually almost willing to even accept that. But then what happens next makes absolutely no sense at all, because Raven becomes obsessed with making sure John is happy in New San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And she's like setting him up on dates and making sure he has friends. That part was funny where he is like. Friends that are like really, really happy to see him all the time. Like, I love that. At this one uh, bar, everyone this- just goes to the, like, <laughs> it's called New San Francisco. They can't show too much of it, but it's implied it's like a chunk of a city, right? Yeah, like, if yeah. not the entirety of the Bay yeah. Area, of, of the downtown. It's like, but no, it's just one bar where everybody knows your name, especially yeah. John. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it's like, oh, she's got to butter him up, she's got to make him comfortable for some reason that's going to be revealed at the end of the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. Like, okay. Maybe, uh, maybe she did need to test him, I guess. Like, oh, okay. Like I'm kind of like on board, but then she's like, and by the way, the thing that we need to, to, to do is you need to go out there and risk your life again. <laughs> like you need to go and participate in this, this competition with Calypso. And I'm like, well, why were you trying to make him attached to new San Francisco? Because, if he, he's like, I've fallen in love. I have a wife and a kid. That's when he's least likely going to want to risk his life again, in my opinion. Right? And also, she clearly has enormous power, right? Like, right. has an army at her disposal, enormous wealth and resources for however you characterize it in this, like, you know, kind of post-apocalyptic landscape. He shows up at your doorstep with the woman he's clearly in yes! love with. At, at gunpoint, <laughs> if you wanted to say to him... You want her in? You've yeah. proven that, like, you've made it back here. Like, let me tell you about Twisted Metal, which is like clearly what the tournament's probably going to be called. That, that and- was that was cool when she's when she named the name of the show in the game. I was like, oh, that's the name of the game. Okay, uh-huh. anyway, but yeah, but you're right. That's the thing. She turns quiet away. It's like. Like, I don't let know them what... in. Like yes. it makes more sense if they let both of them in. Yes, what? have like build a life together, yes. and then. Um, like now, and they ma- still could have gotten to where they. I feel there was a world where they still get to like the arc they want for quiet. Like, well, they, the, 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 the problem is they want quiet to be in the competition, and and so like 
I don't know why Nev Campbell's character wanted him to like date and get married. Maybe the idea is that they're going to be like, "Hey, do you love this woman? Well, if you want to see her alive again, you got to do you know like maybe yeah. they're going to threaten her or whatever, and whatever they're going to use her as leverage to some degree, right? And so that's why they it can't be quiet because they want quiet to be in the competition. But they don't as well, say that. Be. I guess it's implied and. There's a little not that you needed characters always to spell out like especially villains yeah. so like ha, 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 like trying to explain my plan but like in this case like hey like what's the plan like what, what was the plan I would I could have used a line or two <laughs> that was actually like a cackle like just like how like Stone is constantly like time to monologue could have used a little bit of a monologue from her to explain yeah. a little bit of the plan. <laughs> It makes no sense. Like it makes no sense to turn quiet away. Like whatever, whatever your plan would have been, it, it's hard for me to imagine. It makes sense to turn quiet away because it, let quiet in. Make sure John's happy. Kidnap quiet, and then you Easy. Know, use her as leverage. Like whatever. Like it. it so it, it makes absolutely no sense. And then at, at the end of the show, I was cackling because you and I spent quite a bit of time complaining about how there's no tournament. The tournament is going to be in season after all this. There's also going to be a tournament. See, see, Dave. For me, it's Axel. For you, yeah, Dave. We got you. Here's here's your goddamn tournament. I, I do, this, this would be this next would week. be like watching a Mortal Kombat movie, and they have them all fight one on one for various reasons in like street fights, and then mm-hmm. at the end of it, they're like, "And by the way, there's a tournament." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, what? And I'm trying to imagine like. Why would they structure it this way? Why wouldn't you have the ep- the uh, tournament ep- episode in like the middle of the show or whatever? And uh, I guess I wanted to ask you, Patrick. What, what you know? What do you think of? They could have started this show with the tournament, or they could have had the tournament be at the midpoint. But instead, they're like, "We want to give you tons of backstory for every one of these characters." Will that make the tournament more effective if and when it actually happens? What do you think? Maybe, um, or at least that's probably the plan is to give you some emotional grounding uh, and character motivations. Why they didn't do it here, and like I think this, I think it's self-explanatory from the show that we just watched, which is like they had to pick their moments for the budget, and even something that should have delivered something akin to the intro of this show, the climax, like they couldn't really pull it off. And I think it's like where you feel the strain of what the show is capable of doing it's why they're trying to constantly get the cars into interiors like it's a show about cars in which they're like ah these goddamn cars like how do we get them to like stop moving and i i think what you see here is a plan of like look we can't actually deliver this in the first season there is just like that's not what's in front of us it's not what the budget is capable of so let's focus on what we can accomplish and that if it's a success well then you ask for more you get to that season two because by the nature of the tournament is going to inv- like, it's going to be harder to get, like get the cars into a fast food restaurant. Right. Like, I mean, they'll still be like, they're going to still have to tell a story. It can't be 10 episodes of vehicular combat in the way that the games are just you in, like there's no getting on foot and like going on little side quests, like a grand theft auto. Like you're just shooting missiles at one another. And so if the second season is going to have a lot more of that, then you probably like essentially need to justify that ask. And I think that's how you end up here. I mean, I'm with you that I, I still wish, even if they couldn't have gotten to the tournament half through the season, I actually think like the reveal of the ice cream, if that had happened halfway through the season and there was a different arc for the second half would have even made that like bait and switch feel a little bit better because the MacGuffin didn't end up being like the joke behind it. Wasn't, wasn't funny enough, but I just don't think they could even do. I don't know that I would have wanted to see the tournament based on, like what they were capable of pulling off this season. Um, if they're going to do it, hopefully you can do it right with more money and resources in a season two. And so I, it really feels like a show straddling a line between what they've been given and like what you're then capable of doing with, with that. Fair enough. As of this moment, as we're recording this, we don't know if a season two will actually happen. So right. uh, we'll see the, the, one of the producers of the show has said like, they're they're not sure. Peacock has not greenlit it yet, and the writer strike is obviously making it way more complicated. So yes, um, and by writer strike, I mean producers not paying writers what they want. Okay, <laughs> uh, so one of the biggest changes to the plot is the alteration of Sweet Tooth's backstory. Mm-hmm. He goes from being a criminally insane serial killer to basically someone who murdered a dog live on TV, 
which by the way felt very inspired by Jordan Peele's Nope, but I don't yeah. know, you know, maybe that was being made at the same time as this, I don't know, but like there's a very kind of similar tone sequence in in the film Nope. Um and I, I personally was bummed with how they changed his head being on fire. I believe um in the game, if I recall from Twisted Metal Black, his head is on fire because he like died via electric chair and or it's the fires of hell that keep it perpetually burning. Um, but instead, he, he just lights his head on fire for basically no reason at all in the show. And, well, um, and this, so- this gets back to that sort of kind of core concern I had early on, which is I understand trying to ground the show um, and then hopefully leaning into its uh sillier slash supernatural yeah. elements as like the audience gets invested like that make that makes sense to me um but that moment in particular made me think the show doesn't want to do any of that um it, it wants be, to have its cake and eat it too right it wants it's like to, we look at this yeah. iconic imagery yeah and we're gonna have the characters go how is he doing that but like all it would have required was i don't need a like a lore dump but it would like <laughs> it like you can imagine like Will Arnett could have been able to sell a, a line that is like, well, like you know, it's the it's the, you know the gates of hell, and like it gives it the, like it, there's a way that you could have done it that <laughs> right. I think like would have been funny and maybe great, like laid some of the seeds. But I'm actually more firmly believe now, despite the introduction of Calypso in a tournament, that this show is just not at all like if there is like a mr grim like it is not going to be a supernatural ghost rider type character mm-hmm. from from the afterlife it is going to just be a dude with a skeleton like a helmet right and there, a, there's, and a cool there's been basically no supernatural None. elements in the show at all not and like calypso is so. just this you know he could just new be Chica- he could just be the jeff bezos of the future twisted well, right he's like know, in like- new chicago we don't know what's behind those walls all the, the interaction they have with, with, with Calypso is just a voice at a door delivers the package. And that strikes me as just a eccentric billionaire rather than some sort of yeah. like trickster godlike, like Loki figure, which is what the Calypso, uh, you know, acts as in, in the games, which is, I, I am disappointed if that will be like, they can't find some way to ignore, even if it doesn't go full supernatural, like, that's part of what Twisted Metal is to me. Um, and so that is a choice uh, to like kind of strip away that entirely because that like you cannot, I don't think you can, yeah. it's fine to change the, like I don't, I'm not very precious about that stuff, even with, with material that I'm like closer with, like personally, but like it is like, I think the show acknowledging like, yeah, like we're not really interested in, we're going to take the imagery, but we're not going to take the baggage that goes, goes with it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Uh, on that note, speaking of some of the other characters of the show, I actually was kind of a fan of the way they, like, basically the other characters in the game are pretty much Easter eggs for, mm-hmm. for most of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet Tooth is obviously, like, a pretty major character, but there's that part where they go to that bar and they introduce, like, all these characters that are characters from the game. So, like, Pit Viper is a character from the game or a car from the game. Mm-hmm. Um Pizza Boy, you know, like mm-hmm. w- w- uh, a lot of characters and cars from the game are introduced in- into the show. And in general, I did not find it to be ob- obtrusive. You know, I, what I don't so unobtrusive that we didn't even know that they were doing it for a lot of the first five episodes. And in general, I'm a fan of that approach where it's not like, hey, we're calling attention to the fact that this is a fit. You know, like I, I think you could watch the show, never have played a Twisted Metal game and it all kind of yeah. adds up other than the finale. Um, and I, I'm okay with that. You know, do you have any thoughts on like, <laughs> um, having gotten to the end of the se- the first season now, Patrick, mm-hmm. were there any characters or vehicles that you were like, Oh, I recognize that. Or I'm a fan of that other than Axel, uh, that you were, you were a fan of how they introduced those. Um, I mean, I guess it, it's, it's funny that you say like, you can, you can watch the show without having any history with it and be okay. Even though I have a history with it. Like, I don't feel like the show wasn't forwarding a lot of, like, it was taking very basic parts of Twisted Metal, mostly a framework and some iconography, and then saying, what can we do with that? Um, And I think that's fine, because that's, like, Twisted Metal was an arcade, like, fighting-inspired, like, arena game. Like, 
that that's what it was like it was and so i i mostly coasted through it and part of the reason i didn't even notice those easter eggs was because i'm like with you like i i I liked sort of the it was a true easter egg as opposed to like in the first episode when like the box art comes across the window shield or john doe does like uh, you know, a, a cheat, he, he lists off a cheat code from the original game that you would input, I think, to get invincibility. And that's, that's just like, eh, eh? And yeah, like, that stuff yeah. doesn't, I don't need that. Like, like be subtle about, like, if you're playing to the audience, like, know that the audience is smart and paying attention. And like, that's what, like, that sequence in, in the, uh, the Milkman pit stop functions as, is like a way for, to acknowledge like, hey, like, there's all we know there's like dozens of characters like most of them are not going to end up in this show um but like here's us acknowledging like kind of the history without um you know it's like there's a different version of that where it's like like Anthony Mackie being like uh like oh yeah and like i remember like here's all the guys we're going to meet and then it's like pizza boy vehicle like pit viper <laughs> vi- you know what i mean where it's just I, I, like they did, they did that a little bit at the very end when they show like the cork board with all the little characters on it you know with the tournament you know what i'm talking about yeah, yes they, they yeah. definitely do it there but i think in but this it's, it's, and it's, that's yeah, but they're, they're they're purposely like they want your like that's not an easter egg that's like we're hitting the fans with like full blasted like this yeah, is what's coming right. as opposed to there where it was, Easter it was, egg is you're taking a character or a vehicle in the game called Mr. Slam, and in the TV show, he has an enormous penis that he likes to use to smash up watermelons with. That's yes, that's what we call yes. a classic Easter egg. Right? Yes, that's so, good. That's how you do it. <laughs> that's the stuff. Mm-hmm, that's the stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's, what I'm, <laughs> that's all I'm asking for. It's yeah. just it's just one of those. Once a show. So anyway, great job with Easter eggs. Uh, I, I, I'm a fan and now have a deeper appreciation for how the show was able to weave them in. All right, Patrick, any other thoughts on Twisted Metal Season 1 as we wrap up today? No, you know, one one thing that, uh, like, one note I made to myself personally while I was watching it and something I wanted to ask you about was this, it's very easy, like, the show has a sitcom vibe. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, easy to me imagine if this show was made in a different era, there'd be, like, a laugh track. <laughs> attached mm-hmm. to it yeah. um and so i wondered one of my like uh, it was just a an observation like i really liked sitcoms growing up like obviously i don't really make a lot of them these days like what is your own relationship with sitcoms and is there any like connective tissue to a dislike of that sort of like style of like humor and like comedic setup that like part maybe hard partially explains like why this show didn't work for you um i i Grew up on sitcoms, TGIF, you know, on ABC. Yeah, I used to watch. Yeah, I mean, I figure you can unavoid, unavoidable for the era that you and I. Right, like, right, right. Grew up no, in. I have a, I have a deep love of sitcoms. I think okay. like the main issues I have with the show were were largely tonal. Um, some part with like the execution of some of the things. You know, the the execution of I think their reach exceeded their grasp in terms of what they're trying to pull up. It's it's such an ambitious show. Mm-hmm. And it just had a budget that was not in line with what they were attempting to do. And so a lot of it looks very cheap. And it was uh, even six episodes, like 10 episodes was probably too much. And I, I would have loved a show that was half and that was able to spread the wealth on the budget across those five episodes. Because I don't, I don't think there's no, even though they're half hour episodes broadly, I think you could chop the show in half. <laughs> like keep all the best stuff and have devoted more resources to the kinds of stuff like you and I are talking about, like some of the visual effects and some of the action scenes and still accomplished a lot of what they were going for. Yeah. Like, I don't know that we need an officer stone backstory again. That said, maybe we're going to get to season two and all these people are facing off against each other. We're going to be like, Oh, now I know why they told us all the backstories and it all, but I don't know the back, the backstories were only largely okay. I thought for reasons we've already gone into. Um, but I think you're right that there is a kind of sitcom-y broadness to mm-hmm. a lot of the acting. It's like, ha ha, like laugh at me, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and, and I do think that that is there and that that's part of it. Hey, um, I, I want to actually, we didn't finish talking about the Sweet Tooth thing. I want to actually revisit this. Um, what did you think of Sweet Tooth's backstory? Like the whole dog thing? Cause we, we talked about how we we're disappointed that it's not supernatural, but like, mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, like this is a very interesting place to take. Cause I don't, maybe it was from 
I don't know. I did some reading about Sweet Tooth, and I don't think this was ever part of his lore that he killed a dog on live TV. Um, I guess I, it, do, it doesn't preclude the same arc, right? Like we don't yeah, know exactly. what happens. Right. He could after. still be a serial killer. He could still be a, a serial killer. Yeah, he, he hunted down his parents and put them in a in a prison to rot. And so, yeah, yeah. little serial killer vibes I'm getting from <laughs> from this from this but, dude. And, uh, but, but but I was just like I was just like. I guess I was trying to figure out why did they make his backstory that he murdered a dog live on TV? Because in his backstory in the game, he like kills his family. He like kills a bunch of other people. And so did they think that murdering a dog on live TV would make him more likable? You know, that was, that was my first thought. They're like, Oh, we can't have him serial killing like young women and stuff like he does in the game. Let's just have young Sweet Tooth murder a dog on live television. That's going to solve the problem. I was just like, what did that? I don't other than, the fact that it was shocking, but also like far less shocking than the much better like sequence in, in Nope, which is unfair. Like Nope is yeah. like, uh, like I loved that movie, like ador- adored that mm-hmm. movie. Like I love that movie top to bottom. Um, And so it's like, wow, like putting up a movie that I consider like a personal masterpiece of the last five years, like against like twisted metal, like pretty unfair, but like uh-huh. even, even contextually, like we, I think we t- we talked about this in the in the in the previous episode. They're like, I'm not sure they're going to give a backstory. And I was, like, mm, I think they're going to give a backstory, and they did. And I don't know that it accomplished very much. Like they because they, they they juxtapose it with uh, the scene in the prison, which I think tells you everything you need to know. Like encountering with Stu, who is like the comedic like audience surrogate character for this like larger than life um, um, a sweet tooth encountering like hey by the way like we're here and here are my parents do you want to meet my family like that tells me enough about like what was going on with this character that i don't know that that specific like what am i supposed to get from that am i supposed to feel bad for sweet like wh- I, I don't know where that scene is supposed to make me land with the character because am i supposed to feel sympathy or is it just like i, I think it's think so. more i think, I think I it's think more kill- like i think it's more like he's pretty he's pretty edgy you know I, I think it falls think into I think it's he's pretty messed up, you know, like, yeah, I, I think killing a dog is one of the worst things you can do in a TV show or film. Like, true. It's coded as only a horrible, horrifying villain would do that. Certainly doesn't make you sympathize with him. No, you know, I, I don't think so. No. Oh, I feel bad that he felt slighted. So he killed this dog. You know, it doesn't. I, I think it's just like, ooh, look at this effed up backstory. I'm going to let me let me just read here from. Uh, here's a GameRant.com summary of Sweet Tooth's backstory, okay? Sweet Tooth started out like any other family man with a few kids and a loving wife. In his normal life as Marcus Kane, he worked as an ice cream man, seemingly taking joy in the delight he brought children when they heard the tune of his truck. Um, for the most part, he was happy with the life he had, but somewhere deep down was a growing hatred of his boring life, and that part of him sought more. This inactive personality was able to convince Kane to carve out a mask, which enabled the Needles personality to rise to the surface and take over, becoming the infamous Sweet Tooth. Um, and then, like, Needles destroyed Marcus's personality by attempting to kill off his entire family, but his oldest daughter is able to grab a pair of scissors and stab him in the eye. Oh! You know. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Anyway, that. So- <laughs> because he shoots him in the eye. That's mm-hmm. all. That's all right. And okay. You know what? That's a pre- that's a pretty good tie into. Okay, but at you least see how that's very very different than the dog. Very thing, different. Right? Very different. Yes. 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 Anyway, yes. so that was I was just baffled. I just thought that was baffling. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really understand why they changed it and why they changed it to that. It's just such a because ra- they had a whole set. They had, they built a whole mythology around this thing so i'm just like okay maybe this will come into play in season two but i mean ultimately uh i think sweet tooth is like a fairly disappointing like i loved the performance right like i think we we talked extensively about that and i think that part worked great but if you deleted 
sweet tooth from this se- just rip, ripped him out nothing like broadly nothing about the season changes like yeah. it doesn't really matter that stone's outposts are being destroyed like he was still tra- like it just I, it felt like that was one of the few instances in the show where they're like well we gotta have sweet tooth what are we gonna do with sweet tooth well the perform the performance carries it right like yeah, if, yeah. if it is a lesser performance it sticks out so much more that like all told sweet tooth is not very additive to what occurs and that the reason you're excited for a sweet tooth scene is because I want to see what this performance, like this separation between actor and voice actor is going to be like, because in terms of actual impact on what's happening on the ground, like he, he honestly functions like a goofy clown. Like he's here to <laughs> yeah. make the audience like laugh and go, ah, but like doesn't really serve a storytelling uh, purpose. Um, yeah. And so it's almost like the backstory is there to like add some weight that the, the character itself is not actually exercising on the story. Yeah, and I think they changed it just to make it goofier. That's yeah. that's, that's honestly how I come yeah. down to it. They changed it to make it goofier, less disturbing. Yep. They're like, we're going to save that for the guy wearing ears around his neck. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of uh, our conversation about Twisted Metal Season 1. Let us know what you thought of the show. DecodingTV at gmail.com is where you can ping us. Patrick Klepek, where can people find more of your work on the internet this week? Uh, they can uh, catch me uh, uh, podcasting uh, again over at remapradio.com uh, once and many times a week about games and, and other topics. Uh, and then uh, if you're interested in a newsletter I call at the intersection of parenting and gaming, uh, it's called Crossplay, and that's at patrickklepek.substack.com. And be sure to check out more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. Find us on TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Decoding TV. Next week, it's going to be the first two episodes of Ahsoka we're going to be discussing right here on Decoding TV and this week in streaming with Patrick Klepek and me, David Chen. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>